God is a good God. Let me say it again. Our God is a good, good God. No matter what else is going on, no matter how you feel, no matter what you think, our God is a good, good God. And you know what else? He wants all the best for you. He has provided all the best for each and every one of us. And anybody that tells you anything different doesn't know anything about our God and doesn't know anything about the word of truth. And we're going to touch on that a little bit tonight because it's been blessing me for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just, you know, we'll go for it. We'll see where we get to because there's a lot. Because our God is a great big God. He's not limited to a few black and white pages or black and white letters on white pages or black letters on white pages or whatever the heck it is I'm trying to say. Because his spirit is alive and his word is alive. And every time you read it, if you let it, it'll speak to you and it can change our lives. And this is what I pray is going to happen tonight, that as I am used as a vessel, his voice goes forth, his word goes forth, and it does make life changes. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for good soil in our hearts. That even as I'm the one delivering, I thank you that my heart's included too. That I'm not so hard that I cannot be plowed and planted. And that I too can't bring fruit. Everyone here is a vessel unto you. We thank you for the life-changing word. We give you praise, honor, and glory as you have liberty in this place tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ooh. I, I, got a, I got a little friend here with me tonight. <laughs> be ready. <laughs> yeah, there may be an object lesson. We might get to it. We might not. We'll see what happens. Won't you, uh, first again, I want to uh, thank our, our dear pastors, Pastor Gary, Pastor Nancy. Pastor Paul, Pastor Shirley, thank you for um, have, uh, giving me the privilege and the honor to be able to stand and bring forth the word into this wonderful group of people. My family, my friends, I love you guys so much. Even those of you out there in Cyberland, wherever, wherever that might find you today, we thank you that the word even reaches you. You know, we can be thankful for the technology that is even delivering this voice, not only tonight, but an hour from now, or 10 hours from now, or a year from now, or 10 years from now. Whoever gets to see it at the right time gets to see it at their right time. Because God knows the end from the beginning. It's awesome. But you know, it wouldn't be possible if we didn't have a good God. Because if we didn't have a good God, we wouldn't be gathered here. We wouldn't have all this technology that's enabling the word to go forth, to able to influence and impact people's lives. So I am thankful for an awesome and amazing God. Let's go to Genesis 1, because in Genesis 1, it's the beginning of the revelation of his goodness. Now, I know that there's a fairly lengthy passage of scripture here. And I pray that, 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 you will, you, that, um, that you will last longer than I'm done speaking. 
because it, 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 it has really quickened me. So let's get into it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And in case anybody is wondering, of course, New Living Translation is the one that I use. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. To pause there for a second. Every day, we witness light. Not one single day does God have to go and restart or relight that light. He spoke it, it became, it is. So there is a principle that I want you to hang on to because it's going to carry forth. God said it, set it in motion, it is. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of heavens from the waters of earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth and the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And the evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas. And God saw that it was good. Remember how I started all this? God is good. What God creates is good. We'll find out in a minute here. Some things are very good. It's very good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came from. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees and seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth, and that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Now pause there for a second. I was going to do some research into this, and I, I never quite got around to it because I got so caught up in the Word. The light that we see in the skies tonight from the stars didn't happen as we see it. It didn't happen 20 minutes ago. It didn't happen two hours ago. There are years on some of those lights that we see. When we see that light in the sky, it's not something that just happened. Think about that for a minute. How awesome is that? We just finished talking about the seeds, right? 
When was the last time you knew of a scientist that developed a seed that produces its own kind? Now, we know of scientists that noodle with the stuff and mess it around and try to fix it and break it. But when was the last time somebody created it from nothing? You just ponder that for a minute, too. Amazing. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. And God said, let the water swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas and let the birds multiply on earth. First time we see the word, God blessed them. And the blessing was in the be fruitful and multiply because they had to replenish. He wants to see the swarm, right? And evening passed and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, wild animals, and that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, oh, this is going to get juicy. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. So that's a bit of a foundation that I wanted to lay, just in case any of you didn't know any better, that we have a good, marvelous, creative God that creates good stuff. So if you ever wonder whether or not you're any good, here's your answer. He created you. Because Adam and Eve were created good. And those might disagree, but the Bible tells us that there was two humans. How many billions of humans are there now? We all started for those two. Later on, many were wiped out. We started again from Noah and his family, but we all, two. And they were fruitful and multiplied because they were blessed. 
and created that way. So, Deuteronomy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28, to be precise. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Here comes some word of truth. And here's what we, here's what we know. The truth can make you free. Lies can hold us in bondage. And you know who's the father of lies? Our enemy. And what does he want to do? He wants to bind us up. He wants us to not know or not believe the truth. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read a good chunk of Deuteronomy. But I'm not going to start at the beginning of Deuteronomy 28. I'm not going to start at verse 1. We're going to come back to that. Because there's two parts to this. There's blessings and there's cursing. It's real important to know and to understand what we have been redeemed from. I'll read a scripture here in a minute. will tell us that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. So we need to know what that redemption means. Now, I'm standing here talking to you from somebody that has had a greater revelation of this than I've never had in my life, largely as a result of what has just happened in the last couple of weeks. Because I've been coming to church for a long time. I've been saved for a long time. I'm a Bible student. I've been to Bible school. I continue to study the Word. And in the last couple of weeks, I learned something that I should have already known or thought I already knew and discovered that I didn't. I may have had a head knowledge or an understanding of it or gave some kind of mental assent to it, but I didn't really, really understand, or I guess in truth, if I was to put it this way, and I'm being open with you, I don't know that I truly believed it. Because if we truly believe something, there's no dissuading us at all. And we have an enemy, and I don't want to give him any glory, not one little bit. He is under our feet. He's a slimy toad. And if I, I just, he is defeated. And because of that, we talked about what God did. We talked about things that, you know, there are those that would say, you know, if God was really God, then people wouldn't die. Well, God gave us all a mind. And he gave us all our own soul. And he gave us freedom of choice. We're going to read about that too. So let's find out a little bit about what this all means. So we're going to start verse 28, verse 15. Chapter 28, verse 15. And again, reading New Living. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God. So let's just pause there for a second. So this is talking to people who refuse to listen to God. They might hear his word, but like a disobedient child, choose to ignore the word. As a, as a adults in this room, we've all had either children or friends with children or somebody with kids or even pets for that matter, that the word don't has been used. You know, don't touch the stove. Don't play with fire. Don't play with knives. And what do they do? 
We'll touch on this for a minute. Okay, so this is the, this is the, the context of the listen. So with those people that refuse to listen, that doesn't mean they don't hear. It means they choose not to listen. Or another way of saying is that they choose to rebel. Plant that one for a second. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees that I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. So he is not setting the curses out on the people of God. He is saying that there are curses and they will come if you do not listen. Is that fair? Did I just, I read, just read that, right? John's paraphrase, but that's what I just read, right? Okay, so here we go. Your towns and your fields will be cursed. Well, that sounds bad. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be cursed. The Lord himself will send on you curses, confusion, frustration, and everything you do until at last you are completely destroyed for doing evil and abandoning me. Now again, we can get into this a little bit deeper, but we'll just leave it right here for now. Right? Remember, the Lord is not sending it upon you. Let me use this illustration for a minute. We talk about the curse of being there. It rains, okay? It rains on the just and the unjust, right? God has given me an umbrella. If I'm standing under that umbrella, it can rain all at once. I am protected by the umbrella. It's still raining, but I'm not getting wet. Or at least I'm not getting as wet as I would if I was out from underneath the umbrella. God has given us that great big umbrella. But there are those who choose not to stand underneath it. Those are the ones that abandon it. The Lord will afflict you with diseases until none of you are left in the land you are about to enter and occupy. The Lord will strike you with wasting diseases, fever, inflammation, scorching heat, drought, blight, and mildew. These disasters will pursue you until you die. That does not sound like a great scenario. The skies above will be as unyielding as bronze. The earth beneath will be as hard as iron. The Lord will change the rain that falls on your land into powder, and dust will pour down from the sky until you are destroyed. So, let me back up for a minute. Diseases, fever, inflammation. Does that sound like any of the ailments that, that people are struggling with and fighting with? But there are those that say, well, God's in control. Yes and no. We have a choice. Do we stand under the umbrella or do we stand out from underneath the umbrella? God is willing that none should perish, but all should come to everlasting life. Yet you and I know that there are millions of people that are choosing not to accept his everlasting life. That is their choice. Is it God's will? No. Are they doing it? Their choice. 
God's will is for us to be healed and whole. Beloved, my will for you above all, I pray, that you will prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Does that sound like someone that wants you sick? Does it sound like you somebody's struggling at the end of the month with no money? That doesn't sound like that to me. That sounds a lot like what we're reading here right now. God wants us prosperous. God wants us healthy. God wants us blessed because he has blessed us. Pastor Paul. He caught it. He almost fumbled it. That would have worked too. I was ready. (laughs) The blessing has been sent out. If he didn't catch it, he wouldn't have received it. It was sent. It was received. He has the smiley face ball. (laughs) He's going to pass it around. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Verse, Verse 25. Okay. <laughs> what did I start? <laughs> the Lord will cause you to be defeated by your enemies. You will attack your enemies from one direction, but you will scatter from them seven. You will be an object of horror to all the kingdom of heaven. Your corpses will be food for all scavenging birds and animals, and no one will be there to chase them away. The Lord will afflict you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors and scurvy and the itch from which you cannot be cured. That does not sound like good news. Even reading it doesn't sound good. The Lord will strike you with madness, blindness, panic. We talk about, you know, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, mental diseases, anxiety, depression, right? These are all different words for what's in here. You will grope around in broad daylight like a blind person groping in the darkness, but you will not find your way. You will be oppressed and robbed continually, and no one will save you. Remember, we're reading about the curse. We're reading about those who choose not to listen and or rebel. I'm not talking to you as believers here tonight. Well, okay, I am talking to you as believers telling you what we are exempt from because of what Jesus has done. We'll get into this in a minute. But if we're suffering, and I'm not the only one, I don't think, that's dealing with stuff. I bet you I could go away. That's probably not a great word to use in church, is it? I, I, I no doubt could go to almost everyone in this room and find something that either you or someone in your family is either dealing with or struggling with. Whether it's you personally or whether it's a loved one. Whether it's financial, physical, mental, emotional. We all got something on the go. The Lord will strike you with madness, blindness, and panic. Verse 29, you will grope around in broad daylight like a blind person groping in the darkness, but you will not find your way. You will be oppressed, robbed continually, and no one will come to save you. Verse 30, you will be engaged to a woman, but another man will sleep with her. You will build a house, but someone else will live in it. 
You will plant a vineyard, but you will never enjoy its fruit. Your ox will be butchered before your eyes, but you will not eat a single bite of the meat. Your donkey will be taken from you, never to be returned. Your sheep and your goats will be given to your enemies, and no one will be there to help you. You will watch as your sons and your daughters are taken away as slaves. Your heart will break for them, but you won't be able to help them. A foreign nation you have never heard about will eat the crops you work so hard to grow. That sounds like you're being robbed, cheated, grossly disappointed, violated, offended. Does any of this sound familiar? Okay, just checking. uh, Where am I? 33. A foreign nation you've never heard of will eat your crops you work so hard to grow. You will suffer under constant oppression and harsh treatment. You will go mad because of all the tragedy you see around you. The Lord will cover your knees and legs with incurable boils. In fact, you will be covered from head to foot. This does not sound like a fun time. The Lord will exile you and your king to a nation unknown to you and your ancestors. There in exile, you will worship gods of wood and stone. You will become an object of horror, horror, ridicule, and mockery among all the nations to which the Lord sends you. You will plant much, but harvest little, for locusts will eat your crops. You will plant vineyards and care for them, but you will not drink the wine or eat the grapes, for worms will destroy the vines. You will grow olive trees throughout your land, but you will never use the olive oil for the fruit and will drop before it ripens. You will have sons and daughters, but you will lose them, for they will be led away into captivity. Swarms of insects will destroy you and trees and crops. And it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on, and on, and on. And I'm not even going to go all the way down. It is. So let, let, me, let me tell you what's good news. Galatians 3.13. We're going to come back there. So if you've if you got a, an extra thumb or finger, stick, stick it back in Deuteronomy because we're coming back. There's good news in there too. Galatians 3.13. But Christ has rescued us, King James, I think, says, has redeemed us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. That's the key right there, Galen, you said it. Through faith, right? Believers. Uh, just, just to reinforce things a little bit, uh, Proverbs 26.2 on our way back to Deuteronomy. Proverbs 26.2. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. So, Curses don't happen by accident. We have been given instructions as to what the curse looks like. We have received the word that we have been redeemed from the curse. If you go back and study Deuteronomy 28, and yeah, that part is a real downer, but read it from the context of everything it says you have been redeemed from. So I could have done it this way, but we don't have the time. It would take weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. 
to say, you know, um, but if you refuse to listen, your towns and your fields will be cursed. But Jesus has redeemed us from that curse. In fact, if we go up to Deuteronomy 28 now, verse 1, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Now, point of clarification, right? When we're talking about the obeying the law, we're not talking about the Ten Commandments. We're not talking about the ritual law, right? We're talking as Christians, Bible-believing, Spirit-filled Christians, we're talking about believing God, believing His Word, and being yielded to His Spirit. Because the same God that created all this goodness in the beginning is the same God that we worship today. God has not changed. The Word says that, that He is the same yesterday, to today, and forever. That He changes not, and in Him there's not even a shadow of turning. So if for one minute, and so often, my goodness, so often, we are, we are pre-programmed by that liar saying, well, God has just sent this upon you to teach you a lesson. There's goodness in this. Surely it's a blessing in disguise. Uh-uh. God is good. The devil is bad. Right? Everybody agree? God is good, and what God does is good. And what he wants for us is good. The devil is bad. What he does is bad, and what he wants for us is bad. We all good? You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be your offspring of your herds and flocks will be your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. Now, this group of people, of course, were farmers working with livestock. It's an agrarian society. They don't have the what we would call the white-collar or the blue-collar workers. These are... These are rednecks, right? They are working the land, right? But the same applies. Whatever is your storehouse, that would be your bank account. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land he is giving you. He is giving you land. Not lending you land. If you obey the commands of the Lord, okay, so there is that little two-letter word, if, if, so there's a condition. This isn't just a, right? We are enabled, we are empowered, if. Okay? Uh, where am I? Help me. 
9. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are people claimed by God and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors. Well, we're children of Abraham. We're descendants of Abraham. We're joint heirs. So guess what? We're in here blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. Again, we're back in those days, right? Your children is your workforce <laughs> and your successor. The Lord will send rain at the proper time for his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work that you do. You will lend to many, lend to many, lend to many, lend to many nations. Not borrow, not beg. You will lend to many. But you will never need, never need to borrow. Never need to borrow. Everybody say that with me. Never need to borrow. If you listen to these commands, again, there's that two-letter word, if. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if, uh uh-oh, you carefully obey them, so it's not enough to listen, now you have to be like the obedient child that does what they're told and doesn't do what they're told not to. Don't touch that. No, no, I said, don't touch that. Why don't you do this instead? No, no, don't touch that. If you will listen and you're obedient (laughs) to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor, and this is a big one too, and nor follow after other gods and worship them. Now that is a small g God. And there is a whole another lesson in there we're not going to have time to get to either. Fully obey. Listen. Let's go back to um, let's back up a couple of chapters. I'm all over my notes. Hallelujah. It's good so far. We speak in the word, right? This is not this is not me, not my opinion, right? We're reading we're reading scripture here, right? All word is inspired by God, good for education, edification, and exhortation and training. Right? It is truth, right? And the truth will set us free, right? Yeah. So if we're dealing with stuff, we ain't free yet. Poor grammar, I know. Everyone will forgive me. That's not the worst they've heard today. <laughs> Deuteronomy 11. Deuteronomy 11, verse 26. Look. Today, I am giving you a choice between a blessing and a curse. Verse 27, you will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. Verse 28, but you will be cursed 
If you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him and worship gods that you have not known before. So we've read some of the curse. There's actually, I think, 54 verses of curse. I think there's, what, 18 verses of blessing. That's not to say that our God is not greater than the curse. It's exactly the opposite. The curse is so specific and so detailed, it takes that much more, many words for us to understand all the crap that we have been delivered from. And it doesn't matter if you've got swollen feet, you're delivered. That's part of the curse, you're redeemed. It doesn't matter if your vision's fuzzy or glazed over or eyes are itchy, We've been redeemed. That is a curse. It's not from God, right? Because we've already established that God is good. God wants good. He wants us to be in health. So he doesn't want us to have sickness. He has not given us the sickness to show us something, teach us something, or to let us learn a lesson, or it's not a penalty for not doing something. We are redeemed from the curse. Why are we redeemed? Because we accept Jesus, who has been made our righteousness. He has redeemed us. So yes, we don't have to slaughter the, the goats and the cows and the cattle and all that stuff. And we don't have to do so much on so many different days and apply so many bushels and pecks and barrels of this and that and the other thing and way too many stuff to get into the teaching of. But thank my God, we have been redeemed from that. But that doesn't mean that God has changed. The same God that created the blessing that we just read about is the same God that we serve today. He's still a good God. Truth is still truth. Good is still good. Bad is still bad. And lies are still lies. And although there are many in our society today that will say that lies are okay, they're bad. Killing someone is okay if, no, Killing is bad. Having other gods before their Lord our God is bad. Very bad. <laughs> Again, Galatians 3.13, Christ has rescued us. He has redeemed us. He has paid the ransom for us. He has set us free. There's a curse was pronounced by the law, and anyone who has hung on a tree, cursed is everyone who has hung on a tree. Jesus was hung on a cross. And what is a cross made of? Wood, which comes from what? A tree. Verse 14. Get a hold of this again. We read the blessings. That's the last thing we read, right? Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. We qualify. Put your hand up. That's me. With the same blessings he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. See, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. It's the same truth, the same principles. Because if you're following the Spirit, guess what? you're not going to break any of the commandments. 
Because if you're following the Spirit, you're not going to lie. If you're following the Spirit, you're not going to cheat on your spouse. If you're following the Holy Spirit, you're not going to kill somebody. If you're following the Holy Spirit, you're not going to worship or or idolize another god. It's the same God, same Spirit. Again, a slightly different version of, of what we just read with the choice. Deuteronomy 30. Man, the time goes fast on this side of the pulpit. Mm. Hallelujah. The choice of life or death. Okay, so what is it? The choice of life or death, right? This command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you. (laughs) So it's not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven, so distant that you may ask, who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey it? We've heard it. It is not kept beyond the sea, so far away that you must ask, who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear and obey it? No, the message is very close at hand. Yeah, you just heard it. You'll be able to play it again on the on the YouTube and the MP3s and on the website and all kinds of things. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. The Spirit's in you. If you are a Spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christian, the Spirit is in you, which means His Word is in you, in your heart. One of the keys that may be missing is, is it on our lips? Now, here, here's a confession from me. I have not been anywhere near as vigilant and diligent with my lips and my confessions of his word as I should have been. Now, that's not to say that I'm saying bad stuff all the time. I'm not saying bad stuff all the time. In fact, I work very hard not to say bad stuff at all. Try to catch myself as often as I can, and there's always those around that'll help me when I slip. But, you know, we are not perfect. None of us are. But there comes a time when we begin to realize that, you know, in my life, it was a, it was a question of, well, I don't need to say that. It's in, it's in here. When we read in Genesis 1, how did all that happen? And how many times in this church have we heard that, and God said? And we talk about the confessions. And many of us do the confessions. But how often do we do it just out of a ritual or out of a program or out of a, you know, because we're working on a particular issue or something at that point that we're, we're quick to bring it to the forefront and, and confess it more diligently? You know, I'm not, I'm not heaping condemnation on anybody. This is all revelation to me because this is, this is what, what, you know, <laughs> sitting in the hospital room for eight days, there's all kinds of stuff that was getting downloaded into me. Did I want to be there? No. Was it ordained by God for me to be there? No. There are those that say, oh, well, you got this out of it. It must have been a blessing in disguise. Nope. But what the devil intended for evil, God has turned for good. Because it has made a life-altering transition in me. You know what? I've even lost the desire to watch TV. Now, I've never watched a lot of TV before, even. But I don't even want to watch it now. 
I want to listen to the Word. I want to hear the Word. I want to hear the teaching of the Word. I want to be vigilant to attend to what I'm putting in the heart, what I'm putting into my ears, and what I'm speaking with the unruly member. And I dare say, I'm not alone. I was about to say it, and the Lord quickened it. It was something I heard Keith Moore say. You know, we often say it just saying. You know, that is, that is a poisonous little statement because we are never just saying. If we believe what I have just said, right, there is power in the words we speak. If we say just saying, it means there's no power in what I just said. You're demeaning. You're creating subconsciously doubt in the word that you speak. Like it or not, it's in here. I didn't make this up. Now listen. (laughs) Now listen, exclamation mark. Today I am giving you a choice. And it's the same choice today as it was when this was originally written. So it doesn't matter where we are along the road, whether this is the first time you've ever heard a message preached or whether this is the thousandth time you've heard the same message preached. Today, I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands. I request you this day to love the Lord your God and to be mindful of his commands. Is that, is that what we is that what we for I command, I don't recommend, I don't suggest, I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands decrees, regulations by walking in his ways. Don't get caught up in the legalism of this. This isn't what we're talking about. It's not the way that we keep the law that has redeemed us. It's Jesus that has redeemed us. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We cannot do it. That's the whole reason Jesus came in the first place. We can't do it. We couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Ain't nobody able to do it. But Jesus did it. If, well, there's that two-letter word again. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you, and the land you are about to enter and occupy. So wherever it is you're going, when you step out this door, you're about to enter and occupy. Yes, this message was going to, to to the Hebrews who were about to cross over into the promised land. Right out there is our promised land. Are we, like, are we like the others that said, nah, that's not really what he meant? We're not really that significant in God's vast eternal plan. God's in control. It's got nothing to do with what I do. It's got nothing to do with what I say. It doesn't matter how I act, how I react, or what happens. God's in control. Not really. Who did he put in charge of everything? He set everything in motion contingent Two blessings, 
cursing. Okay. But if, if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. Let me clarify something again. Is it God's will that you be destroyed? Any doubts? Okay, out there, right? We good? It is not God's will for us to be destroyed. It is not God's will for us to be unemployed. It is not God's will for us to be broken down, racked with pain, physical distraction, distress, anxiety, panic, shortness of breath, losing of hair, growing of tumors, boils, lumps, abscesses, infections, viruses, diseases, bacteria. That's not what he intended for us. And there was a price paid for us so that we don't have to have it. And you're not so special that it doesn't count for you. It doesn't matter what happened. If you turn and confess, if you obey, if you listen to his word, you will not live a long, good life in the land of the crossing of the Jordan. That's again, if you draw, are drawn away and serve and worship other gods. So there's a very strong warning. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Okay, life and death. Hands, everybody. Life, death. Okay, life wins. Good, good. All right. Between blessings, cursings. Oh, good, good. Just checking, make sure we're all on the same page here. Now I call on heaven and earth. All right, check this out. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. So guess what? When we did this, you made a choice. <laughs> good choice, by the way. Oh, that you would choose life. Just in case there was any doubt, choose life. So that you and your descendants might live. So your choice today is also having an impact on our children and on our children's children. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. Again, we're not talking about being bound by the Levitical laws. We're not talking about the Ten Commandments. We're talking about the spirit of God. He who, who follows, that was the spirit of God, right? I got it here somewhere. <laughs> no way. Really? It's way in here. It's in here somewhere. Thank you, Lord. Show me where it is. I want to read the word. I don't want to just go by a poor paraphrase. That's what happens when you get off your notes. Thank you, Spirit. You're going to show me. Show me. Right on the same page. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, it's still a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. I'm learning. 
It was right on the same page. I can't believe that. Thank you, Lord, for showing me. See, he's faithful. In the midst of it all, he's still faithful. And there's a time when that would have really rattled me, but you know what? God is good. Mm -mm. He is good. Not about me anyway. I'm just delivering the word. Sometimes we have to put air in our tires. <laughs> so, Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So you a child of God? So back to verse 20. And you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's as far as we're going to get. So, what, have, what, what do we know? If we walk away with nothing else tonight, what do we know? We know that we have been redeemed from the curse. We have been rescued from the curse. What do we know about the curse? Curse is bad. The curse is bad. What do we know about blessings? Blessings are good, and they're from God. Curses are bad. Who are they from? Devil. Who has authority over the devil? Say that again. Who has authority over the devil? So who has authority over the curse? We do. Why? Because he has redeemed us. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. <laughs> Isn't that good news? Isn't that the best news you've heard? So again, doesn't matter. Itch, scales, warts, bumps, tumors, toothaches, earaches, eye problems, tumors, cancers, blood issues, heart issues, lung issues. Guess what? All under the curse. That does that mean that they're not going to try and get on you? Junk mail comes in the mailbox. Doesn't mean you have to accept it. Rain falls on the just and the unjust. Don't get out from under the umbrella. And if you do, get back under it. Say, oops, I missed it, Lord. Sorry. Forgive me. Thank you for showing me that I got off track. He is faithful. He is so good to us. Thank you, Lord. So let's just close out in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your marvelous, miraculous, life-changing, spirit-filled word. Thank you that tonight that this word has gone forth and like a word from heaven has actually changed people's lives that it opens eyes of understanding as you have done for me. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your greatness. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. And there is no other God. There is no other God besides you. We thank you that everyone that leaves this place goes empowered, strengthened, that they will actually know that they have been in touch and in the presence of the Most High God. That as they go, that whatever was sore when they walked in won't be sore when they leave. 
thinking that wasn't working right is now working right. Why? Because whatever it was is under the curse and it has a name and it's subject to the name of Jesus and the battle has been won for us and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go your way and be blessed. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.